0: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today, back from his business trip, is Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida. Hello, Carl, and welcome back.
1: Good morning, Simon. It's good to be back. I listened to the podcast and you guys did an okay job.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, And uh, Johnny, uh, in Chicago, are you there? I am here. Hello, everybody, how are you? I think we're all good. Now, in a, in a change to the planned Royal Wedding special, uh, which I know that lots of people were looking forward to, uh, where we were going to talk about how much better the Royal Wedding would have been if, we'd, if people had used classic lenses for the TV coverage, we decided to talk about something uh, even more significant. Uh, I think there were like 2 billion people watching that event Well, I think this is more important And we're going to be talking about the 5th anniversary of the website 35MMC So today, talking from Worcester in the UK We're joined by the one and only Hamish Gill Hello Hamish Hello, how are you? We're all good, we're all good Good. Now, before we get going uh, with the main part of the show um, As usual, we're going to start off with some feedback from last week So uh, take it away Johnny so, I really thought we were doing the Royal Wedding re- recap, and I'm,
2: I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed, guys. <laughs> we're not doing that? No. Okay, fine. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, quick recap episode 18, uh, Classic Lenses Podcast. We talked with uh, Iman um, about a few different things. We talked about M39 uh, and LTM lenses. Um, we talked about lenses with the same optics. So, we talked a bit about uh, different. Uh, Tomioka lenses with different names on them Um, and a few other things I know we talked about maybe uh, Simon you can remind me here Um, we were talking about tilt shift lens options for was it a uh, I'm trying to remember what system it was Um, but we had some yeah six okay okay there we go Um, and we did have a little bit of feedback on that although I don't know that anyone um, came up with a a solution specific to that system uh, But Augusto Liger Had a good link um, Which you'll find in the in the Comments for that episode um, Where he has a good link For um, some different tilt shift uh, Combinations that are A little bit unusual so maybe check that out um, Other than that You know we had a lot of uh, um, Great feedback on people listening to the episode um, But not a lot of questions So I, I think we're to keep this a little bit uh, Shorter today um, and jump right into uh, our special episode. Um, and i I do have a few things I want to um, mention. I guess I'll do it later. Um, but I had a lot of interesting run-ins this week with with people that i I kind of want to mention, and maybe do a new, I want to start doing a little bit of a new feature, and I'm just springing this on everybody now. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the weekly the weekly shout out. Uh, i've I've got a few people I want to mention that I kind of came across this week, a few things I saw online uh, that I think would be really interesting for. Um, folks that listen to this podcast to follow up on so maybe we'll do that we'll do that later
0: anyway that's all I got take it away Simon okay well one one thing I want to say there if we are going to do a weekly shout out I I just want to say um, uh, that you you have just sprung this on us and um, not only that uh, it's not something we've stolen from the the Sunday 16 podcast uh, I promise Um, so uh, no we would not do that no no, we've no. we've we've not done that. so but I think every time I hear it, I think we should do that. But i think no, I can't, I can't, I can't suggest it. But Johnny's suggested it now, so uh, I think that we should start to do that. So, uh, so so that that's all, that's all good. And um, one other thing about last week's episode, it was all about frequently asked questions, and perhaps we've answered all of the questions that need to be asked. Maybe who knows? So uh, it'll be it would be good if more people uh, did um, would drop us a, an email and uh, and we'll do our best to answer any more questions that we can do. Uh, we really enjoy doing that. Now uh, back on today's uh, episode, as uh, you've already heard, we have Hamish Gill with us, and uh, Hamish started a website called Thirty Five MMC, which is something that. I've, I've been struggling to work out how I would actually de- describe this website because it, for me, it's a, it's a great resource um, for finding information about cameras, lenses, um, and yeah, anything photography related. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it's going to be best if I hand over to, to Hamish so he could actually describe <coughs> his website himself and put it into his own words. And uh, perhaps, Hamish, you could tell us a little bit more about yourself
3: well yeah i i like to i always say that i like to think of it as a blog because um i suppose a lot of it comes down to how i talk to people about their guest contributions so obviously quite a lot of people write or have written for the blogs so over 200 people i think've written for the blog now but whenever i speak to them i always even if it's a review i always try and say to people to talk more about the experience and less less about the you know the the stats and the features of things it's it's more about the experience and I think when something's more about experiences it's more like a blog than a review site if that makes any sense although obviously I, I don't know what percentage but quite a large percentage of the content is um, is reviews <coughs> but as you you know the, the most recent post that I wrote on Sunday which is obviously about being on this and meeting you at the photography show that is a blog item, you know. That's not a, that's, that's not a, you know, it had a bit about the lens adapter, but it's essentially just a blog item. So, so yeah, I, I think, I think if it is a blog, but I, a lot of people do, do seem to come to me with the same problem that you've got, which, you know, I don't think it matters really. It's just a website about photography at the end of the day. So,
0: well, it's certainly a, a great resource. I mean, as, a, as I've mentioned there, especially um, about. 12 months ago, I, I started to go through a bit of a phase where I, I became interested again. again. Uh, so I used to shoot film a long time ago um, and then completely stopped. And I, I started to become interested in um, compact cameras, uh, mm. film compact cameras. And, uh, and, it, and it seems like any, any film compact camera question that I may have, I type it into Google and I end up at your, mm. set, your site. yeah.
3: Well, it's, it did start. I mean, it, it, obviously, the the C in thirty five mm is certainly was compact. I don't know what it would be if it's not, but that's where it started. Because it was, funny enough, was especially considering, ironically considering this particular podcast. But I was shooting a lot of um, old, various classic lenses on a next on a Sony next camera, and wasn't really this was in the first year I think maybe year and a half of my daughter's life and I was taking photos of her but a lot of the photos I wasn't really thinking about taking photos of her I was thinking about taking photos of that captured in some way the character of the lens Um, and I think I just kind of got a bit lost with it if you know what I mean like it just became something that was about lenses rather than what I was doing my photography was about lenses rather than actually being about taking photos um so i but i think there was a that I can never remember his name wish i could never remember his name but there's a photographer um locally to me in birmingham um i don't know whether he's well known or 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 not but he was on the news this is going back some years um and he it was the news report was about this photographer who had taken all these really nice photos of the the market and the bullring area sort of prior to all the, the work on it in the last, I don't know, when did the, the ball ring get redeveloped about 15 years ago, something like that. Um, and he, this guy had shot everything on a little Canon. I think it was, um, you know, one of the 35 mil 2.8 lens point and shoot cannons. And I always remember that news article as, I just thought that was amazing. It was, you know, the photos were beautiful and everything that he took with them was everything that he, you know, they were all taken, I should say with this, with this basic point and shoot camera. So, and I'd looked at getting a decent one a couple of times, and then one day happened to be in London Camera Exchange, my local camera shop, and um, they'd got a, a Yashica T5, and uh, I said to Gareth, who uh, is the manager there, I said, oh, you know, what's the best, what's the Hamish price, they they always, they, they have, what well, they give me the Hamish price in there, which is usually <laughs> slightly discounted, um, and he said, oh, you can have it for 30 quid. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, and they weren't as valuable as the, admittedly they you know you, i think they're about sixty or seventy quid at the time, maybe a hundred quid um so I kind of you know snapped his arm off and I put a film in it x p two it was, and shot a roll of x, this x p two at my daughter on some swings, and you know I can't remember in the library or something like that, and they were exactly what I wanted they would there was no they were just they were photos of my daughter. They weren't photos of the character of the lens or me overthinking something. They were they were just photos because all I was doing was pressing the button and taking a photo. And it kind of almost just completely reset my photography. Like it had such a big impact on me. Um, that I thought, well, I'm going to start a blog about this. And um, started looking at all of the other I mean, I was aware of work used to work in camera retail. 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was. And um, so I was aware of a lot of the, you know, the, 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 the contacts and the, um, you know, the Ricoh GR and all those sorts of things. Um, I started looking into them and bought a couple of them. I thought, I think I bought, well, I bought a Class W or Class AW, whatever you call it, the, the Fuji from Bellamy. Bought a Ricoh GR1, uh, uh, just, sorry, a Ricoh, G, yeah, Ricoh GR1. And um, a couple of other just, you know, crappy ones and started this started this blog and it 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 kind of yeah it just was it has such a big impact on I don't know how I saw photography that I kind of wanted to share it and then and then realized that there wasn't actually any other websites out there that were so solely focused on compact cameras so just kind of went with it and then yeah Bellamy shared my I wrote a review of Bellamy's service that, that he you know he got me this camera and it was in mint condition he sent it to me and he was you know he was Really on the via email it was really helpful and all that sort of stuff. I wrote this review and then of course he shared it with everybody on his social media and then all of a sudden I had got a bit of a bit of an audience and yeah, it just went from there really.
0: It's it's interesting what what you're saying there. Uh, going back to the the early part um, and almost like the reason why you. Moved away from uh, using old lenses, and and that you were, as you say, you you were focusing on uh, the effect of the lens rather than the 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 photograph itself. Mm. Um, and that's that, that's a it's a, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, certainly, anybody that spends uh, any time on our Facebook page uh, will see that there are you know, the the large proportion of photographs on there. Or lenses, or, or lens shots, or photos that are explicitly trying to show the character of a lens, which usually means shooting wide open. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I know you've uh, well, the first time I heard you on a podcast, you you didn't want to say the B word, and
3: I'm I'm sort of with you on that um, <laughs> uh, as well, well you, to some degree. You've seen my blog post about yeah, it. Yeah. I think it's about five thousand words long. <laughs> I, the, the the thing is, is it is such a big subject, but it's that big irony that you know. It's the thing that's supposed to be the thing that you don't look at because <laughs> it's the bit that's out of focus. It's in the background. Yeah. You're not supposed to look at it, but um, but actually, you know, when you start talking about you know your, your Helios lenses with your bit of swirliness and your old Petzval lenses and all that sort of stuff that create, you know, some sort of you know even you know your 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 bubbly. Try plans and all that sort of stuff they, they they do create atmosphere in the image so it's in one once in one sense it's hard to ignore but when you should be ignoring it if you if you sort of I mean but the the trick i think and again this is something i've waffled on about on the foot on the on the on the blog the 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 trick is to make it so you don't when you look at the picture you're not you don't see the the the, the bokeh you don't see the subject You don't, you just see the whole image as a whole so, for a, a, so a couple of weeks, ago, well, a month or so ago, there was a photo that was going around on social media, and it was supposed to be demonstrating the effect of the Canon thirty-five mil one point four, I think it is, a um, you know an old uh, thread mount lens, and they'd got this the the the, the girl center frame and the background she wasn't the background was a really dull background just like a line of trees and the background was parallel to her and because that lens has got really significant field curvature you got i think it was towards the edges of the frame it looked like the trees were more in focus or and it it didn't it didn't work for that lens so if you'd got if she'd got if the photo was taken of the girl in the middle of the frame and then she'd got a line of trees that were parallel to each other running either side of her, then the field curvature and the the way that the bokeh is would have really swelled and would have been emphasised by that lens. But because the background was parallel to the the camera, the field mm-hmm. curvature made the bokeh look crap and it just looked awful. And it was and load of people saying, well, that's an awful photo. It doesn't look very good. And it didn't look very good. And then, then then people are saying, well, the lens was bad. And it's like, no, the lens isn't bad. It's just not been used very well to take that particular photo. And I think this is where people get kind of, you know, they put a photo online that's an example of a, of a, of how a lens works. Well, it sh- what people should do is find how that lens works to suit the subject matter and then put a photo of that online because it would st- stop so much of this nonsense that people talk about about you know, good and bad lenses, which is, you know, as you guys know, there's no such thing as a good or a bad lens. It's just what a lens that's used appropriately.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's that, that's absolutely the case. I mean, I've I've actually got a bit of a hang up sometimes with lenses. In fact, not sometimes, all all of the time. Um, in that I will choose a, a lens to get the look that I'm after. And I'm, I think I'm pretty good at picking the right lens to get the right look. But, it, it gets to the point where I'm actually probably more obsessed about finding the right photograph for the lens rather than actually just making mm. the photograph work.
3: Well, this is so funny enough, I'm writing a review about the um, lamography, not lamography, sorry, the um, Lens Baby Burnside, which is the recent 35mm 2.8 um, <clears throat> with the kind of swirly vignette control thing. Um, and I saw, I don't usually. I kind of follow what Lensbaby do. I had one of their lenses years ago, um, but I never got anything good out of it. Um, when I saw this Burnside advertised for you know the first time, I when I saw the photos that were taken with it, I instantly thought the photos I'd want to take with it. So the two types of photos I thought I'd want to take with it were a photo were photos of my girls being because it makes it all the background all swirly i thought if i can get a nice photo of them doing something you know crazy and you know childlike um as obviously they do all the time because they're children um that would you know that kind of swirly background would emphasize that kind of craziness that they that they have as children and i also had this idea about that i could probably take some quite nice um sort of you know like urban decay type photos so and I read a bit more about the lens and I thought That's, you know it sounds quite interesting. I haven't been touching them about reviewing one before, but on this occasion, I thought I'll give it. I'll I'll give it a go. Actually, somebody else had done a review and it was oh the faux blogger. You know, the faux blogger, no. that guy he did. He did a review, what, on release, and it's just the worst lens review I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It just he just clearly just doesn't doesn't give a crap at all. Like it's just he's just pushed out this review because he's got the lens before anybody else, and it it's such a poor effort. There's no thought into what that lens would be good at doing at all so that sort of frustration at that review combined with these ideas i had i thought well i'll go i'll 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 borrow this lens and um i'll give it a go and i mount it on my nikon f2 and it turns out it's really difficult to use on a on a on a, (laughs) on a manual nikon camera um but i managed to get some of these shots that i had in my mind's eye, I've got a really nice one of my daughter holding a stick and she's like waving a stick in my direction and she's got this kind of maniacal look on her face and I'm just shooting down at her and all the grass around her, it's all darkened around the corners and she just looks a bit crazy. And it's exactly what I was wanting. Um, and it worked really well because that's the photo that I had in my head when I went out to take that photo, if you know what I mean? Like I had preconceived that image, whereas the, the, the lens baby that I had way back, you know, I didn't have the pre-visu- pre-visualization skills that I have got now. If you see what I mean, so it's. I think this is the problem. I think when a lot of people use these lenses, they perhaps don't have the 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 wherewithal, I guess, and the understanding of how to use that lens. And that's fine. I think obviously, not every, you can't. You've got to learn lenses. Every lens that you buy, you have to learn, especially the t- sorts of lenses that you guys talk about. But I think through the learning process. You know, I think. Well, if I was going to put some of my photos that I've taken as just trying to understand a lens online, I definitely caveat them by saying, you know, this is me trying to understand this lens. This isn't me presenting my work. No. You see what I mean?
0: Right. No, absolutely. Um, I'd like to take take things back a little bit now, just to so our, our listeners can learn a, a little bit more about you, um, uh, because there was, I mean, the, the earliest part we've gone so far is with you adapting a few lenses, but you've 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 been taking. Uh, photos for a lot longer than that and you've uh, and you've been involved in commercial photography to some degree as well so perhaps you could yeah. tell us a little bit more about where it started and uh, where it's taken you
3: um well I started photography when I was nine um my grandmother bought me um a point and shoot camera which I used for years I think this is probably some of the reason why when I got that Ishika I kind of took to it so much because it was just like going back to what I'd done for so many years before I think up until uh, 9 until I guess I was about 16 17 maybe something like that I shot this I've still got it this Nik- Nikon RF10 which is it's why it's called RF I have no idea it's just a it is a very basic point and shoot with quite a crap lens but um, yeah so I used that and then I had a APS thingamajigger um, Vectis Minolta Vectis something or other for a while and then I had a Nikon F60 and then an 801 um and then i had a di- there was a couple of digital point and shoots in there i don't really know when but then i got a job in camera retail when i was 20 I don't know, can't remember 22 something like that 21 um worked in camera retail for for about 5 years uh, with it gradually i sort of as i was becoming a photographer for my job i did less hours in the shop if you see what i mean Uh, and the shop when it was this was when the internet was taking off so the shop uh, unfortunately went out of business um so then I was kind of my hand was forced to go into what I was doing full time although I was pretty much doing it full time anyway I think I was only covering in the shop on Saturdays by that time um so I set but I set up first I set up as a photographer um by myself and I started doing weddings which I still do once in a while um I then went into business with a graphic designer and a web designer, and we set up my what's now mine and my business partner Greg's creative agency, which is a company called F8, Um, where we mostly do we sort of do websites, graphics, um, branding, that sort of stuff, Um, and obviously photography and video. I've always been the photography and video sort of arm of the business. So if ever any photography needs doing for a website, then you know it's largely speaking me that, that well we work with a lot we work with a, i work with a few um a few other photographers now um but yeah so for quite a long time i was kind of the the the, the photographer for the business um and then yeah i mean that brings us pretty much pretty much yeah. i had kids and then started the blog <laughs> yeah
0: so so what was it that uh drew you to starting to use uh old lenses on that
3: uh on that next of yours um I just I just think intrigue really you know I mean you, going back to when I mean I was a Nikon um, shooter for a long time um, and of course with Nikon cameras it's not as easy to to mount um mount various lenses because of the well, you know anyway I'm not gonna explain it again I've heard you talk about it before um, so when the next camera came out I think it was just a case of well I've got this opportunity now to just put pretty much any lens i want on it um and then i st- just happened to stumble across a bunch of re- what what turned out to be really kind of what well, are now kind of the some of the cult lenses like the triplan 100 mil 2.8 um, and i had the i however the how do you pronounce it the French brand, I don't know anybody who can pronounce that properly. Not me either. Um, uh, I had the 28mm 3.5 R2 I think it is, which was one of the first retrofocus lenses, or the first or the second perhaps retrofocus lens. Um, Which yeah, it's It's just crap sort of lens. (laughs) I wouldn't use it for anything really, but you know, people collect these things, don't they? Um, And then yeah, and then I don't know, I guess probably a string of the classics, really, you know, the the uh, the, the, stu- the lenses that you could pick up cheap, and that's a lot of the attraction, I think, or it certainly was when a lot more of the lenses were cheap. And, um, you know, obviously Helioses Helios are still cheap. but
0: Unless, the unless, unless they're in Chicago, stuff. where they're very, very expensive, aren't they, Johnny? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> rare rare and valuable lens in Chicago, for
3: sure. <laughs> <laughs> I went through a stage. Of, I it was a charity shop where I was kind of helped out, um just in town it was on my walk into town from work and uh they i used to help them value the cameras and every single time i went in there and this is probably once every two weeks they got about four more Zenits with helios lenses on the front i could have if i'd i should have collected them really i would have, i would have probably had about 400 of the bloody things <laughs> and one of them in there at least one of them would have been good if i'd, if I'd tried them
2: off. maybe <laughs>
3: <laughs> um so yeah i guess it's just intrigue isn't it i mean that's that's you know it's it's i remember thinking it would as soon as when i got as soon as i got the necks in my hand because i've got a d3 i think at the time or a D 800 nikon and i remember thinking god i just wish that sony would make a full frame mirrorless camera as soon as they did i was you know i was i was I, well, I sold on my nikon gear and went went sony which in hindsight was probably a mistake but
0: well, actually, that that's something I want to talk to you about because um I've listened to uh, your your first appearance on the Sony Sixteen podcast, and you you go off on a bit of a rant about Sony. Which mm. um, seems to be something of a, a love hate relationship. And there were, yeah. when I was listening to you, there were a few things you were saying, and I was thinking, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, just to <laughs> just to give a, a counterpoint, really, to to, mm. to some degree. And uh, and I'm 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 just wondering now, have you have you come to terms with using the Sony? But you a seven, a, a seven um, have got seven A7R two. Have you have you come to terms with using that one now? Is it still love hate, or uh, or do you, do you accept it? No, uh, no,
3: it's um it's hate hate now. <laughs> <laughs> no it, uh, it it's my work camera you know uh, it, it's the problems i've got with it at the moment are it's not that old and it looks like i've put it in tumble dry about four times it's so bashed and battered and i really don't treat it that badly um the the coating on the screen on the back is mm. worn so you it's unusable really. So I've I've found out actually, I went on YouTube the other day and found that you can peel the top layer off. So I'm going to peel the top layer off and get a screen protector to put on in its place, something that's not going to um, wear out. And it's the but it's the button, you know, it's that I've had this rant about a million times. It's the buttons, it's got too many buttons on it and the buttons are ill placed. They don't, they, and they don't have proper, they don't have dedicated functions and you know, I, this, <coughs> this, the, the, the Ricoh GR digital, i picked, you know, I've got a 2005 Ricoh GR digital here that I picked up a couple of weeks ago. I really like it because every button on it has a function, and you can, admittedly, you can program the adjust button on the back to, to what you want. But essentially, apart from that, all of the buttons do a thing, whereas the Sony. The buttons have just got C1, C2, C3, C4, etc. written on them, and I can't remember what I've programmed the damn buttons to do. So every single time <laughs> I pick up, and because I've got a first generation one, I've got a Sony a7s and a second generation one, the Sony a7r2, the buttons are in different places. So I've programmed one on one camera to do something, the other on the other camera to do something, and so I, when I pick up one. And then you switch, you change mode from one mode to another, and the the buttons do different things in different modes.
0: (laughs) just like,
3: I get it. Like, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I get it. I get that we, you know, as we've got these cameras now that do all of these things, and we like to be able to program them to do all of these things. But actually, all I need a camera to do is to be really good at auto-focusing, good at auto-exposure, and have some sort of control near one of my fingers that allows me to adjust. This is for work, I mean, that adjust, allows me to adjust exposure on the fly, which the Sony does if I ignore all the buttons. So essentially, I just ignore all the buttons. But the problem is, in ignoring them, I feel like I'm, it, it, I've am i just got this thing that does all this stuff that I don't need. It's just it's maddening and Fuji who was supposed to be in my mind you know they brought out the X100 of how many years ago it was eight or nine years ago and what a great camera that was apart from the fact they didn't bloody autofocus so four <laughs> generations on they've got the new version of it the X100F autofocus is pretty decent I mean I wouldn't say it's amazing but it's pretty decent but it's got all the flipping buttons now now it's got buttons and wheels buttons everywhere <laughs> buttons and wheels everywhere and I can't and I borrowed one thinking oh, I'm really excited about it. I need bought one I think I'll oh, borrowed this thing you know thinking this is going to be great you know i'm really going to enjoy this and it does all this stuff why does it do all this stuff i don't need all this stuff i don't need like picture in picture in the viewfinder right do you know what i mean yeah Uh, and it, it makes me in one sense it makes me feel like a luddite but in another sense i just think do you know what i know how to use a camera i don't need all this crap why does no brand apart from the l1 make a camera that just does the things that I need it to do, yeah. and then of course, so I buy a Leica and you know a few a few likers because they because they do just the thing that I want, but they cost them bloody fortune. Yeah, and and then they don't. You know, you don't. I, you know, I'd like a Leica. I'd like a Leica that that was like an M mount that had autofocus. I don't need it all the time, but sometimes it's nice to have autofocus. But if you're going to have an autofocus camera that's up today, you got to have all that crap or you have something that doesn't have anything. There's nothing, there's nothing There doesn't seem to be these days, a digital camera that is designed for somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah.
1: I, I gotta say the
2: the closest thing I've come across, you mentioned Leica. I mean, I will give them some credit for the M that they've really slimmed down the, the M 10. They really slimmed down the, the number of buttons and the functions and they're like, screw it. No video. Forget it. You want video, get an MP. But I, you know the q the like a q i have to say is a, a basically almost a point and shoot full frame it's mm. you know it's fixed lens it's interchangeable but they really it's just down to the core i mean i mm. i did a spin around the block with that i just took one, took it off the shelf and walked around the block of the camera shop and i didn't i didn't set anything i just started shooting the camera and it was really easy because it only had a, like five buttons you know mm. and they just they they do logical things so, I mean, I'd give them some credit for that one. But again, it's that's camera's not for everybody and it's five grand. So, yeah, which is you know, it's it's just like, ridiculous. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's just exactly. a 28
3: millimeter right. point, effectively point and shoot camera. Five right, grand. Right. right, I mean, for goodness sake. And it's, uh, you know, I've got the 262, which I think is a fantastic camera. It's so slender. down. Yeah. It's got less menu options than even my M9 had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are they like four and a half grand? stupid <laughs> stupid money to pay for a camera it's more money than i paid for my main works camera madness well I did, actually to be fair i got it second hand so it didn't cost me that much but if i had bought it then it would have been a ridiculous amount of money That's but funny, i can't but... understand i can't understand why they're the only brand that do it why don't what you know fuji when they brought out that x100 i thought oh god somebody else sees the need for simple cameras no eight years later Washes your bloody clothes for you. Makes your breakfast. <laughs> make your tea in it. All sorts of things. Anyway, rant over. I suppose. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I only have had the Sony for about six months, I think. I mean, I had an Olympus EM5, then an EM1, then a Fuji XE2, which I still use a lot, and the Sony Alpha Seven II. And I don't mind it. I don't mind the buttons. I mean, I. I have them set up in a really simple way. The two buttons that are near the shutter release are both magnify. So I, mm. it's the wrong one. It doesn't matter. And I use that magnify focus a lot. The F three button is the one. I, I don't have any autofocus lenses. Okay, I don't. I don't have any. And I don't have any zoom lenses. Um, and so the F three, I change the focal length of the lens, and then and then the ISO is on the wheel, and that that's it. So it's not too much. The um, thing.
3: The thing that I think is. And I've had this conversation with somebody before. The thing that I think is interesting is if I'm, I think, in the unfortunate position that I need my work camera for a lot of different things. Yeah. So, you know, one day I might be taking photos in the studio where I use the, you know, the zoom in button to check focus quite a lot. And the next day I might be taking photos really quickly, at a wedding or some other event. Um, and the next day I might be using it for video. Um, and mm. it's very they're very difficult, they're very, I think, they're quite easy cameras to set up when you have a finite level of function for them, but when you've got this, you know, there's all these different things that you, need, that you need them for. And this is, I think, the problem. I think, to a degree, it's, it's, it's the kind of, it's the convergence of technology You know, And this is where I get into a bit of an infinite loop with with my sort of criticism and praise of these cameras. On one hand, I'm really pleased that I've got a camera that does extremely high-quality 4K video because it allows me to offer that as a service in my business. Um, But on the other hand, all that video function gets in my way when I just want to use it as a camera.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: I don't really have a... There's no conclusion to that. You know, I can't... (laughs)
1: I'm not, I don't,
3: you know, I don't have an answer to it because, but well, you know, you know, if you think maybe a few years down the line, maybe we could have cameras that are, you know, I guess almost more modifiable. So you can kind of load your own um, functions into it. So you don't have to have 13 menus. Like one of the features I often use at a wedding, for example, is the silent shooting. Mm. So when I get to a wedding... I go into the Sony menu and I go to the screen that's got the silent shooting in, and well, and and I think it's, I don't know, screen three, and then it's the fourth one down in the list or whatever on the particular settings, type of settings. And that I go into the menu, go to that mode in the menu and then come out of the menu. So then when I'm just about to go into the main, you know, the ceremony, I, I've, it's there under my finger. I don't have to go and find it in the menu. But of course, if there was some other function that I felt that I needed... That was somewhere else within the menu. You can only do that for that item. You don't. There's no kind of like custom menu like you get on things like Nikon's, for example. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's, I, I, I'm not a camera designer. Do you know, what, what, what do I know? I just know how much they annoy me and how much when I had my Nikon's, I used to be able to use them. You know, the whole point of having a, you know a good camera, I think, is a camera that gets out of your way. Do you know what I mean? When you're using it, you shouldn't have a sense that you shouldn't have to think about what the camera's doing. Right. You should only have to think what you're doing with the camera. And if the camera yeah. sort of becomes an obstruction to that process, which is what I find the Sonys do, then there's there's something wrong. And it, you know it's not always necessarily entirely quantifiable, but there is something wrong with that camera if you're having to think about it too much. And that's the difference. If I've got my Sony next to my Leica 262, it's, it's the 262 every time because I just don't have to think about it. I pick it up and I use it completely instinctually. There's no kind of, you know, I'm just, I, just, I just do what I do with it, I, you know, and it works.
1: It's funny that the I would say of the cameras I have now, you never would have believed this before. The easiest camera to use for street shooting as this old Canon 4SB <laughs> because I'm using it the way that, that Johnny has, has has talked to me about using it. And I, I know around here on a sunny day at f8, I'm going to shoot it at 1 500th of a second. So I usually don't change that too much. Um, I, I've got a 50 mil Serenar lens on it. Okay, so that's good. And, um, and I know that if I'm a little off infinity, everything's going to be in focus. And if someone comes up close, I just pull the tab around to the side. And I take a picture of them and um, and and use it, you know, and, and use and just and the and um, I don't, I don't, I don't and then it works. It just works. Yeah. yeah. This is it, this. I, it, if you get a chance,
3: go and have. There's two two posts on my blog. There's one about the Petri Color 35, and mm. there's one about the uh, Raleigh 35 SE, and both of those. Like I really like, but I've got interested in industrial design. I've got an interest in camera design, and I like to get into, certainly with more simple cameras like that. I like to get into the mindset of the guy that designed the camera. Like, when he was designing this, how was he? What was he thinking about how he would use this camera? Because th- that's the really nice thing about older cameras. Modern cameras are just everything to everyone. They're designed to be everything to everyone. That's why we've got all these buttons. But if you look at something like the Petri. Um, there's actually a really specific way that it works. I, I talk about it in my review. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's a really specific way that it makes sense that it works that way. And it doesn't have. I think it doesn't have a a lens, a scale on the lens or something. I can't remember. There's some read the read the post. And then if you read the the Rollei thirty five review, again, it's the Rollei thirty it's the SE specifically the SE version. There's there's a way that that camera specifically works. And if you use it like that. Then it works. If you try and fight it or use it in a different way, you're going to have problems with it. And and I think that I find that fascinating. I find that and, and as you've just explained, as your uh, the way you use your Canon, that's a perfect example of that. You've found that way that it it just works perfectly. It just it's it's ideal for that particular type of thing, and you can use it. You know, you could pick up a Sony. You know, hey seven, whatever it is, and stick a stick that lens on, and you could do the same thing. But would it be as satisfying? It probably wouldn't be because it, there's something nice about the satisfaction in the simplicity. And I think that's why, well, it is. Obviously, again, this is something I've written about on the blog. there's a, um, I find myself attracted to simple cameras because of the satisfaction, in the simplicity of them. Whereas you know, there's, there isn't the satisfaction in 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 or le- certainly for me there's less satisfaction in wrangling these old kind of complicated um, or these new kind of complicated digital cameras I
1: should say. Yeah, well you know I bought my son the most beautiful simple camera. I wish it had a good sensor in it and that's that's a, a Fuji X30. Um, hmm. He turns it on, hits on auto, he turns the wheel, the, the thing comes on and um, there's a dial around the base of the lens. And and he can zoom up to to one hundred and twenty millimeters with the thing, and he can shoot great shots with it. But mm-hmm. the sensor is small, so if you blow them up, they don't look good. I, if they put a big sensor in that camera, it would be like a perfect walking around mm-hmm.
2: camera. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's a that that's a great kind of example. I think of what you kind of said a minute ago, Hamish is they Fuji killed that line, and they're ama- Those were amazing cameras, but they killed the line because. Nobody can sell small format cameras like that anymore and make any money on them. I mean, Nikon killed off the one they had in development. They never even released it. Um, you can, Nobody can make money selling cameras like that unless it's mm. a super niche camera, which is what basically Leica does. And they let Panasonic sell the less niche version of the same camera with a different badge on it with a Leica lens, right? And but but Leica will put their own software in the same camera and release it that way. But nobody can make any money selling a camera that doesn't dump in a bunch of features at this point because there's not a, a big enough market, right? So you <laughs> either you, you just <laughs> unless you're gonna unless you're gonna make it super niche like Leica and charge a fortune for it. It's really hard for for these companies to sell those kind of small format cameras and make any money on them.
3: This is to me, it's 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 sort of indicative of something that's fundamentally wrong with not just cameras, yeah. but society as a whole, because we're just everybody is so obsessed with bigger, better, yeah. more, faster, stronger, etc. Um, without actually looking at what's practical or right for the job, and yeah. going back to this Ricoh that I've been shooting recently, it's got a tiny little sensor in it. But that's what makes it really good because it's got practically infinite depth of field even at f2.4. So I don't even need to think about focusing it. I can just go and take... And I have been using it just to take... I stick it in my pocket and I just take random little sort of street shots with it. And it's great for that because it, the, 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 the 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 tiny sensor gives the massive... It's got five you know, five 52 mil lens or something. So it's absurd depth of field. So... But we're not... That's not... There's no option there anymore. We don't have that option to have massive, broad depth of field by the merit of small sensors. There's no brand out there going, "Oh, our cameras have small sensors, so they have big, big depth of field, which allows you to shoot them in this way." Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. talks like that because everybody talks like bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. If it doesn't know. have four K and Wi Fi now, it's not. It's kind of yeah. like it's not viable. And once you throw four K and Wi Fi in any camera. I mean, it's kind of like game over because you have, then you have all those features to support in the, you know, in the software, in the hardware, et cetera. So all of a sudden now it's like, well, now you got to dump everything in it, you know? Mm. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really, it, it it's, it's really kind of we're in this weird place with cameras being produced today in terms of the technology and, and how they function. And there is, there, there is no perfect solution, you know? Um, and I have to say, that's kind of why I feel like I've, you know, I I did an awful lot of um, lens adapting and experimenting, and I still do. I mean, that's that's kind of the main thing I do when I shoot digital. But I shoot very little digital these days because the cameras, even when I shoot them in their most basic kind of setup configuration, you know, in a, a Fuji, um, they still just kind of they kind of get in the way, and it's it, so I just I just find i have increasingly just you know i always have shot film but uh, increasingly that's kind of all i want to do <laughs> and it's very much for that reason because everything else just kind of gets in the way too much mm-hmm. um and i don't know f- film is fundamentally different also that you know it's a whole different kind of philosophical rant but um there's just very little camera wise that does not get in the way and i i've always kind of you know i'm kind of glad hamish that you said what you've said about sony cuz i try to say it and and Simon won't have it
3: so <laughs> but it'll have it from you maybe <laughs> well you know and each their own you know who am i to tell Simon that he's that he's that he's right or well he's wrong but who am i to tell him that he's right or wrong but, but you know if you can get if you can make any camera work for you yeah for any for given sure. that's that's absolutely fine if you don't yeah. feel if any person one person feels you know, i had loads of people. The amount of crap that I've had—I mean, i have to search on Google for a A7, Sony A7R 2 review. <laughs> the comment section below my post is longer than the actual bloody review, and it's everybody having a go at me, telling I'm wrong. I, oh, right. I'm not wrong. <laughs> it's just a goddamn opinion. Right. Just how could? Why am I not allowed to have an opinion? Why am I not allowed to express how this camera does and doesn't work for me? And And I will accept anybody else's view and I will accept anybody coming onto that website and saying, actually, for me, this works because of this, this and this. And I will find that interesting because I learned quite a lot from the few people who could actually be bothered to talk to me in that comment section like a bloody human being and tell (laughs) me how they've made some particular function work. I learned from that. And that's why, you know, that's the point of this sort of stuff. Let's learn from each other. It's a, I mean, it's the X100F review that I did, if you look at the comment section, it's hilarious. I mean, it's just people telling me I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not saying it's a terrible camera. I'm just saying I don't bloody like it. I'm not saying that, you know, it, it, they shouldn't have done this. I'm just saying, in my opinion, it's a shame that Fuji have gone down this direction instead of okay. carrying on down the simple... Like you know, people get so up in arms about what is opin- opinion and what you know how how important their opinions are. Yeah, and- well, yeah.
2: Choice validation is a big thing in our world now. like yes. I mean, it's like he, it's like your own personal identity becomes wrapped up in your choice to do do it this way or that way. That's it. And it's like no, it's just it's just a device. I mean. Yes you know it, it so i i i i don't know i find that when i'm selling a camera at the shop where i work i i try to filter out my own bias because yeah. it's not me who's going to use the camera it's the customer yeah. and i i rather try to tell them all right here's these five cameras i really don't want to tell you which one i like the most because that doesn't mean anything for you you know <laughs> and and
3: you know, i used to have the yeah. same thing and people used to come into the shop and they'd say you know, what do you think's better? I mean, I don't think we sold Canon for a little while, but what, what do you think's better, Canon or or, or Nikon? I'm like, I, I'm just if I just give you these two cameras, these two have similar price points, similar functionality, you tell me which one yeah. feels better in your hand, right. and then I will tell you what I perceive to be the, objective pros and cons and the subjective pros and cons between the two. And you can tell me whether or not you feel that those pros and cons fit your photography. Exactly. That's that's all you can do. Yeah. And I think probably this is why I have this perspective. It's probably because I used to work in camera retail. I used to get so bloody fed up with people coming in and telling me that, you know, this camera is better than that camera and this camera does this and this. Oh, just shut up.
2: Can can I rant for just a moment on that? Do it because that's kind of my life, and and and, and I just have to say, um, the most insufferable bastards in the world right now are the people with Nikon D850s because nobody can get them because they're backordered everywhere because Nikon can't build them fast enough and. As they're turning them out, they're realizing they have all sorts of software bugs in them. So now they can't release them because now they have to fix all the problems with them that the initial people who actually got them on pre-order have found. So now nobody's got the camera. And the people who get them are so pleased with themselves they have them. I had a guy come in the shop one day just walking around, going up to random customers, showing them his D850. <laughs> and it's like, dude, are you serious? I mean, it, it was anyway, I, <laughs> a beautiful camera, insufferable users, stay away from me, please
3: yeah but it's it's because you know dp review yeah you know, barnaby britain said it's the best camera since last bread therefore right. you know it oh look at me i've got one of these yeah great it's a great camera I, uh, you know I, I would quite you know if i if i was still shooting Nikon, i probably would have an 850 right but yeah get over it anyway yourselves <laughs> exactly i shoot a rico from 2005 and get loads of pleasure out of that so you know
0: whatever <laughs> I, I, f- I feel I need to just just take things backwards of, uh, a little bit, um, <laughs> l- l- largely largely because um, um, J- J- Johnny sort of half half accused me of being a Sony fanboy um, about defending no, defending. Oh, so, it mean, you know. was very close to that. It was, was definitely inferring it, and um, <laughs> I just I just need to defend myself, and uh, I'm going to. Th- uh, thank Hamish for part of his explanation in the moment, but uh, um, I wish to repeat: I'm a full frame fanboy. That's 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 all it is. If I'm using a, an old lens that was designed for 35 millimeter film, I just like to use a full frame sensor to make the shots look like they should have looked like when they. Well, actually, no, they'll never look exact the same way, will they? But uh, you, you're going to get some sort of the uh, the character uh, come come through in the way that you may have seen it with with an SLR or a rangefinder, but. Um, Obviously, film is going to make a big difference to the, to all that. So, so that's that's the and ultimately, Sony is the only game in town. Um, if you're obsessive about using old lenses and you want to use uh, uh, RF lenses as well as um, SLR lenses, and you don't want to buy several. Uh, focal length reducers that that don't always work, whichever which, whichever lens that you're using with, then really Sony's the only game in town. So that's that's the reason why I'm I'm quite quite big on Sony. But I I would love, and I've said this a few times, I'd love uh, Nikon to bring out a mirrorless. I'm really disappointed that they've now pushed it back to next year, um, which I'm guessing has got something to do with just well with what Sony have done with the A7 Mark III. Um,
2: yeah, Sony's, it, Sony's Sony's
0: beating them up so badly. I mean, they're, you know,
2: it's the, every time they probably, their, their designers are just pulling their hair out <laughs> because every time they think they probably have something figured out on this mirrorless full frame wonder
0: Nikon that they're going to release, they have to, they have to rethink about three or four features. So exactly. So, yeah. um, so that, that's, that's, that's one point. The, the, the other thing is um, I've, I want to thank Hamish for his um, extended explanation uh, of why, uh, Certainly frustrates him, um, largely because you've you've said something there about you the, the way that you use a camera. You use it in lots of different ways, and I don't. You know, I I will put on uh, an old lens because I'm not an autofocus person. I'll put on an old lens. The buttons are set up in exactly the way that I want them to be. Um, I, I use very – I hardly go into the menu at all uh, because I've just got the custom – I actually only use two though. I've used two custom buttons and I think I've reassigned one button and that's it. And I don't, for me, the camera doesn't get in the way, but that's because... I shoot in a very specific way, and it just doesn't change. So therefore, everything's right for me, and and it's fine. Whereas for you, Hamish, you're you're shooting video. You, you've got different uses. You're going into menus because you need to do other things. And I absolutely get that. I can I I, I completely get your frustration there. Now, I just want to move move on to something because you've you've t- touched upon this a, a couple of times, and um, you are a like a user and. Um, I've got a, a, a question for you there because you have digital likers, you've you've got uh, film likers. I'm not sure how many of each uh, that, that that you have, but I'm I'm going to be intrigued to know um, why why you would pick up a digital camera and why you would pick up a film camera on on a, on any given day.
3: When <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I just you know I don't know. I don't have an answer for that i really don't i <clears throat> it completely depends on how I, or, you know the mood i'm in i've got the the so i've got the the first generation monochrome the two six two uh uh m three m a um m four p and even between the m a and the m four p i mean there's nothing between them they're they're essentially the same camera so I don't know. I can't. I can't really answer it. You just sometimes you fancy something, and sometimes you fancy something else. <laughs> why do I, you have Why do you have roast dinner on a Sundays and chips on a Friday? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, see, I was I was wondering if it was a, a certain kind of type of photography you would use. The, re, the reason why I say that is because I'm I'm rapidly coming to. I mean, this is this is just me personally. Um, but I've I I really like to use film, and but I'm finding the the photographs I'm taking on film of photographs that I would normally take on digital or not even. And and it's, I don't know. I just, I just look at the photographs and I think that's just a waste of film. Mm. Um, Those, those shots are just not good enough. Whereas you take, whereas with, with digital, um, yes, you can throw shots away. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that, Uh, takes lots and lots of shots Um, relatively speaking when I go out with people taking photographs I take substantially fewer photos than most of the people I'm I'm, I'm out with so I'm I'm, I'm quite selective and that still comes back to the days where I I grew up with film and I couldn't afford to have films developed so therefore I was careful with what I I shot Um, but it's gone another way now that I'm 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 almost scared to take photographs on film. I've got a, um, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've, I have a Hasselblad. Uh, I bought it just before Christmas, um, and I've used it once. And it's a camera that, you know, back when I first started in photography in the 80s, I, I would lust after this. You know, it, it's, it's like having your, your dreams come true and uh, meeting your heroes and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm scared to use it now because I'm there thinking, well... Oh, Is this, does this shot really, is it worthy of the the camera? You you know, Simon, your cock blassa blad is what you've
2: got. (laughs) That's the problem.
0: (laughs) I would so love to see your shots with that camera if you can ever get through a roll. Well, I've got got it. well, well, that's actually, that's the other thing. I have actually got through my first roll. Ah, good. Yeah, well, and the negatives, they're hanging up on a hanger behind me. Oh, good. Um, and I developed them last week, and I can't find my my 6x6 six six negative carrier for to do my digitising. Oh. So, so I, I can see them there. They're just, just taunting me, <laughs> um, and, I, and I can't
3: do anything with them. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: well, hey, I, I, yeah. I think, you know, it's, it, if you're not shooting it, I mean, you, you've either got to come up with a reason, you've either got to find the reason to shoot it, or just get rid of it, because yeah. it's, you know, yeah. Probably well, what six six hundred quids worth of camera i don 't know what lens you got on it, but you Yeah, know. well,
0: well that 's the thing i've got i 've got two wonderful lenses on there i've got 've got the eighty mil planar, and i 've got a fifty mil distagon with it yeah so but what <coughs> I, but what i've um I've, I've sort of come to a conclusion or at least i think i have anyway and and that 's that I think I need to use it with people um, because any just yeah. about most most photographs i take. Yeah, you know, I think to myself. I could do this better with digital. So, why, why, why use film? This is you know, in most cases, or I'd rather use a point and shoot. Um, but I think with people, there's something special about medium format, and there's something special about that square format and <laughs> yeah, and and, I mean, and those lenses. And, and I just yep. know that's the bit that's missing, and that's the bit that I'm. It's my weakest area in photography. I don't shoot people, and I'm looking at this camera and I'm thinking now. If ever there's a reason to start doing it, this this is it.
3: Look up, there's a photographer called um, Julian Love, he's um, based in London and he's recently done a project um, documenting, uh, I think it's just called the Europeans, documenting European people in the UK, um, sort of post um, Brexit vote, uh, all shot on a Hasselblad with the 120 uh, mill lens, which, and they are... If that doesn't inspire you to go out and use it, then I don't know. It's a wrong year because those are they. Are, he's a he's a great photographer. <laughs> there's some brilliant portraits. They're really really good. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's, I, I need to do that. I need to get out.
3: No, I've hey, got. I, um, if it makes me any better, I've got. I I spent a lot of money on a Makina six seven, um, just just <laughs> a, about two 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 three months ago. Uh, I shot. Let's have a look at the top. How many photos have I shot with it so far? Seven. <laughs> wow. So, you know, and 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 that was that was my. I got rid. Really, I had a Hasselblad years ago, and I got shot of it because I just wasn't shooting medium format. Um, but I, you know, the 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 Makina was the one. Um, medium format camera I so thought if I ever buy another medium format camera it's just going to be that one because there isn't any of other, any this that I'm that, I'm that I'm that bothered about I've got it now and I, and I haven't haven't really used it so I'm going to give it another I don't know perhaps another six months and if I give it another six months what I'll do is I'll write a review about it that's really really good so its value goes up and then I'll plug it
2: why <laughs> <laughs> the value is already up on it so uh, that's
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> man oh man <laughs> I did I, I saw my Hasselblad and um, x-pan i'm you not know, i'm not actually, hey mish I'm please don't no, i hold on i got i'm, I'm taking
2: off the look earphones back. i can't even hear the word x-pan <laughs> i want one so
3: bad <laughs> i see i had the. i was i, I even i i re. And I, I, you know, I you know i wanted an x-pan really badly for so long and i got yeah. it because uh, i shoot you know i make you know i like m- making you know films as well yeah albeit on a commercial basis. I like cinematic framing. Um, I thought you know this is going to work really well for me, and I just didn't use it. It's too too it's too too big, too heavy, and yeah. I just never really found. And actually, um, you know, uh, it was you that posted. It was you that I posted the 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 photos. Yeah, that, that, that is photos. my experience. yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, for, but actually I've got a Minolta Riva here. When I sold it when I sold the X Pan, I thought well I've just got I'll just use the Minolta Riva because yeah for all I want the X Pan for I can do with that. And obviously it's not even close to the same quality. But right. I mean your photos are testament to how good a camera that um it has the it has the potential to be. I mean they look albeit they're only little on Instagram, but they look brilliant. Sure.
2: Oh, thank you. You know, and that's a, that's a funny story. Um, One one of my shout outs was going to be my buddy Ukrainian sensation yes. on Instagram, thank who, you. who he was the guy who turned me onto it. Cause that's, you know, he started the, the poor man's X Pan hashtag, I think. Um, no, so okay. he turned me onto it and it turns out you turned him onto it. So <laughs> by roundabout way, I those photos are directly attributable at some level to Hamish. Excellent.
3: <laughs> oh well, that makes me feel pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty
2: pretty cool how all that connects up to each other.
3: <laughs> those those really good photos that I wouldn't have been able to take. Um, <laughs> I just gotta take some really small amount of credit for.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I've seen your I've seen your uh, Minolta X Pan photos which i call it and they i thought they were great so i yeah. wouldn't say that either
1: you know one of the things about film <clears throat> for me is that in the town that i live in well it's a small city i've probably photographed every interesting thing that there is with digital it's not a good place for street photography and when i put film in this film camera i want to shoot a picture of something that's that's a cool thing um, and so you know I, I was looking on your site and there's a a nice review of a like a 3C by a guy named Andrew Morang. Mm. and he has these brilliant black and white images, and um, they're just they're just really special. Every one of them. Uh, there's nothing like that to shoot here. So what I do is I'll have the camera sit, wait until I go to a trip somewhere, and um, well, I'm going to Washington in a couple of weeks. But if I'm for just regular street stuff, I'm just going to use my Fuji. You know, the, the, I, I might not even shoot film unless there's a protest down by the White House and there's some good shots i might shoot some film shots but because um, it's expensive i'm 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 not processing my own film i'm sending it off and so each frame is a certain amount of money and i don't want to just shoot pictures to shoot pictures
3: mm. well it is it is expensive i'm the the biggest it's expensive in terms of financial cost but it's also expensive in terms of the amount of time because um, if you've got if you've got if you certainly if you're scanning yourself and especially if you're developing them yourself, it's a lot of time that it can take. I, I kind of found my um, groove, so to speak, having my photos, I get my films processed, but then I scan them myself and I scan them. I was quite lucky to pick up from the Ritsu um, LS, LS 1100 before I was partly responsible for popularizing them um, and the price going through the roof. Um, so in the LS1100 scanner, you, you you stick a film of 35 million, and as long as the computer's decent enough, it'll suck them in, and you can have them scanned at 24-megapixel equivalent, um, a whole re- a whole roll in about 10 minutes, probably, well, less, probably less than that.
1: My issue was dust. I just I just could never get past having dust spots, no mm. matter what I did. And then I just decided to hell with it, and I'm having it done now. Mm.
3: Yeah, well, it's especially if you're using something like you know a flatbed scanner where <clears throat> you, there's a lot more handling going on, and you're taking you know although you know, those sleeves are obviously supposed to be anti-static, but I don't think they are. You know, you pull a negative out of that, and you can just practically see the dust you're yeah. zooming through the air towards <laughs> your negatives. Right. Whereas with with the of London, as I say, I I, I send the neg- send the films off, and they come back still uncut, so they're still rolled, and they're in the tub that I sent them in. Uh-huh. And you just take them out of the tub. You just cut cut the little label off. There's a little sort of ID label on the end. Cut the little label off and feed it into the scanner from the tub. Um, so even black and white, obviously, digitalized doesn't work with black and white. So even but even the black and white um, negatives come out fairly dust-free. Well, I occasionally have to do a little bit of dust spotting, but basically, I don't I don't have to. It's, well, it's usually the end frame or the beginning frame, depending on which, which way it's gone in. If you see what I mean, right? It's a bit dusty, but the rest is the rest is fine um so yeah again that's just ha- having me having found my sort of ideal workflow um for film and it's it was all. Wo- there are better scanners in terms of resolution than the ls 1100 that probably cost less money now um in terms of resolution but in terms of speed and fitting my workflow it's um yeah and, and as i say in co- cost
0: Hey um I'd like to um ask you about a question now that uh it's it's cropped up a couple of times on our, our podcast because uh, it it's it started when I I bought um a 7 artisans 50mm 1.1 from you um which I have to say is uh, certainly one of my favorite lenses now um it's it's small it's an rf lens so it it, it sits really really nicely on on my sony mm. uh, and i'm sure it's good on other digital cameras other than sony as well um, <laughs> but uh but no um one of the one of the things that we've we've talked about is its design um because mm. it's um touted has been uh, sonar based um, mm. and then there's uh, discussions over the, um, drawings that have been um, purported to be of the lens, and some people say well actually that wasn't that that uh, lens diagram wasn't actually for the lens, even though it was on the box and and so on and so on and uh, and I know Johnny is um has cast doubts over uh, over its sonar worthiness although um, going back to another episode sonar uh, about sonars and that's that just about any lens could be called a sonar if you try hard enough um so um, i'm just wondering what what your take is on that on that lens design
3: well i mean the first thing i think the first thing i would say is that it look the photos it takes are sonar photos sonar like photos in my opinion it, it when you shoot it like for example the Zeiss ZM when you shoot it wide open um you you do have the um you know the slightly distracting um bokeh but when you stop it down to sort of f 1.8 f2 it calms down quite a lot and you get a nice really nice smooth out of focus it also does that kind of has a bit of that um not so much as something something like the Zeiss Sonar, but it has quite a lot of that kind of wow well, a reasonable amount of that kind of 3D look that that comes along that comes That's, along with sonar lenses.
0: Now, no, I I completely agree with that, but um, Johnny says that well from what you just said there, uh, Johnny says that you're wrong, Johnny.
3: No, no,
2: Simon, <laughs> just to clarify, <laughs> the only reason I've cast out on that lens is to give you that tiny little thing in the back of your head <laughs> and dissatisfied with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Amazing.
2: the one and only reason. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, 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 you say about the Sun I mean you that they, they seem to, having spo- I mean I've uh, having spoken to them to the extent that I can you, well, as you know Simon speaking to the Chinese is sometimes not as yeah. easy as you would hope it to be um not just for the lang- language barrier I think sometimes you, they, they, there's there's a theres a cultural thing they tell you the thing that they want that you want to hear sometimes I think hmm. um, so well, they certainly seem to do that with me, the seven artisans. The the, this, the new 35mm, if I say to them what lens formula is that, they'll say it's a Sonar. But actually, um, as far as I can work out, at least looking at the diagrams and whether or not the diagrams are accurate, it's pretty much a biogon. Or it would be, if it was as if it was a, um, a, 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 a Zeiss lens, it would be called a biogon. But then, of course, the biogon, if you look at the history of it, the biogon was the wide angle derivative of the sonar yeah. so when yeah. they're saying yes it's a sonar or a sonar derived lens they're not lying they're just saying it's a sonar derived lens so <laughs> and the the same with this you know with the this this, this the, the um so the 50 mil 1.1 it, it it's it's not sonar because it's not made by Zeiss for a start, and <laughs> Zeiss owns that word. And that word is just a word that they attribute to certain lens formulas. They've attributed right, it to the, right. the the current. There's a whole load of current lenses that are sonars. There's the fifty-five mil one point eight is a sonar. If you look at the lens formula to that, it's I think it's backwards. Um, and <laughs> the the um, the Battis lenses. I think the Batis eighty-five mil. That's um, another one I've got. That's also Called a sonar, and that has you know it's got forty-seven elements in nineteen <laughs> right. groups, <laughs> right? And you know, so you know, what what does sonar what does sonar actually actually mean? Um, well, fundamentally, it means a lens that isn't, in theory, is not symmetrical. I mean, if you look at back what they originally were, it was when back when you had your, your double gauze, or however you pronounce it lenses and your sonar lenses. Yeah, yeah. The sonar lenses were the non-symmetrical lenses and they and they and with the fact that they were non-symmetrical they had higher contrast <clears throat> the symmetrical lenses had lower contrast because they got more elements until they brought out the coatings obviously coatings increase the contrast which made the sonars which were less good quality uh, apart from the um, uh, the contrast they made them almost redundant so you know the sonar in theory is a dead is a dead concept anyway i guess i don't know i don't know it doesn't what does it matter anyway jesus <laughs> <laughs> just, just <laughs> well, i, it, it I, I, like, it, it
2: gl- I am glad the subject came up though however because i have to say when and we may be getting for getting short on time but um maybe a, as a top level uh summer executive summary uh hamish i one of the things that i, I the, my favorite things on 35mmc has been your ongoing quest to find the perfect sonar mm. um and I, I don't know if like i said i don't have enough time to to really dive into that but it's something i i hope people will check out if they're interested in that topic because i i think your dive into the 50 mil sonar which to me is really the only if you're talking about sonar is really it's either a 50 or a 80 you know 85 mm. once you get beyond that anything is you know, pretty much a sonar. But uh, to me, a sonar is a 50 millimeter lens, the 1.5 and or a two. And mm. I think your dive into that is really, really fascinating because you, you look at many different examples of, of those lenses, both um, his, you know, the historic early ones and even some of the modern stuff. Well, the, fun, um,
3: the the funny thing with that is that, although I am, I'm waiting to stumble across and it hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting to stumble across the, the F, the Nikon F2, yeah. Um a very late version of the one I'm after and a Canon one point five. Those those are the two lenses that I'm still waiting to have a go with, and possibly one of the MS, you know, the MS Optics um yeah. one point mm-hmm. one sonitar whatever he calls it. Um the what happened in that process was I effectively ran out of money. So or I didn't really have I mean I got a lot of money <laughs> anyway, but I <laughs> I just went down the, the Russian route and and what I ended up with, um I've got got it here in my cabinet, is a a, a a jupiter 8m that was then forced into the housing of an Industar 26 i think it is mm. um and takes wonderful photos it's so good <laughs> but and the one of the reasons it's so good is because it's had brian sweeney's magical ah uh, yeah yeah um and but yeah, the conclusion I came to, even though I do still want to have a go with a a, a Canon and a, and a Nikon, is actually, if you want sonar, then a Jupiter Eight or a Jupiter Eight M. If you can get one that focuses close to okay, that's that's the character. That is that's that sums up that character. The sonar the fifty mil um, sonar character. I'm not particularly interested in the, the, the Jupiter Three. I think is. It's, there's too many variables, or too many more variables. Right, yeah. But the the Jupiter eight is just it's just lovely. So yeah, I mean, it, what I one of the things I discovered. Oh, this is slightly off topic. I don't know how much time we got left. One of the things I discovered was that, or one of the things I think that I have discovered is that actually lenses with less elements and less groups is where I find my. You know, why I find best results because they're the photo they tend to be, or they seem to, to my eye at least, they tend to be the photo, the, the lenses that produce the photos with most sort of people call it 3D pop, which I don't really like that phrase, but the most realism. Um, and, and and that tends to be associated with contrast. That 3D pop and contrast tend to, or lens contrast, tend to become the same thing. But actually, I know lens- some of these sonar lenses, the thing I like about them most is that. They don't have to be particularly high contrast, but you still get that sort of three-dimensional realism in the images. And the, t- the two other lenses I've got that or that I've played with recently that also do that very well are the Heliar, the, the 50mm Voigtlander Helier, Um the new one, which is just a stupid design, or sort of weird cone-shaped thing. But my God, that yeah. takes good photos. It's yeah. just... A stunning lens if they had i've actually thought about having one of those rehoused in something less rubbish because it just (laughs) it takes oh my god those photos they're just perfect they're like you know if you want something that's not clinical but is ultra sharp and really nice that's that that is the lens as far as i'm concerned um another one i found recently which is as it turns out is really rare it's the canon 50 mil um 2.2 which was Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a. It was there was a very short period of time that they were put. That they were. They, they were like the kit lens of the Canon P, um, and yeah. I. I can't. I don't. I can't remember what the re. There's some. I think they. They were able to make the 50mm 1.8 for less money or easier or whatever, but yeah. the one point. The 2.2 has got a really simple formula, and it takes such good photos. It's quite low contrast, but it's got so much realism in the results. They're just. They're lovely. There's no nonsense in the out of focus. There's, there's. They're not overly sharp not clinically sharp but also not soft it just it's a lovely lens and it's tiny as well I need to shoot with it more actually
2: and with that Carl is furiously typing over onto eBay looking looking to find that lens <laughs> <laughs> which he will probably buy before
1: the show is over right Carl? No, no not today
2: come on Carl you not have to buy today. a lens during every show
1: not, not I bought a lens last night I bought three not lenses today, during the last week <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've there's um, something you' you're saying there about the uh sim- simplicity of the lenses uh that you, you seem to like the simple lenses there um that usually also um mates with uh r f lenses versus s l. r yeah, lenses so definitely that, yeah
3: definitely and and it, 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 I find i mean the i have to get the results that i want with my digital cameras i don't really find any other lenses these days compete with Zeiss. The the the, the modern Zeiss lenses that I, the, the one it's one of the reasons I like the Sony so much as a system is that I can use my Zeiss 50mm 1.8 and the and the Batis um, 85. Those two lenses are fantastic, but actually in terms of contrast, they're not that contrasty. They still take flat-looking photos. You have to do quite a lot to them to get a photo that has that realism as soon as I stick my ZM my 50mm um, 1.5 ZM on my 262 that is a a, such an amazing combination that it's either that on the 262 or with the the ZM 50mm 1.5 with portrait as well is just amazing god I just love the results from that lens because you don't have to do anything to get that kind of three-dimensional. I'm doing a project for a motorcycle manufacturer at the moment. I can't show the photos, unfortunately, yet. They're embargoed. But the bloody hell. I, I, I've had the the, the the guys round. We did a shoot, and we went back to the office, and I put them on. i have got a big 27-inch 4K screen in the, in the office and had them up on the screen. And the guy said to me, and this sounds like I'm sort of blagging about the quality, about how good my photography is. and Don't, don't take it that way. <laughs> but... It's how nice they looked he said to me he said I didn't even know that photography could look like that he said and he was the guy out of the two of them that one of them the, the, the two guys that owned the company he was the guy that the other guy had to convince that they needed good photography and he said I didn't even have a, the frame of reference I didn't even know that that was what how good we could have our imagery And I said what do you mean hes just it just looks so real and so and I was like and I started waffling on about the ZM sonar i said to him when we were on the shoot i said to both of the guys when we're on the shoot i'm shooting a a, you know a a, a motorbike with a a completely impractical lens camera combination (laughs) because i know how good the results are going to be you know if i can get this if i can get this you know the, the the sonar suffers with the 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 um focus shift and if i want to shoot you know it's pointless trying to shoot at f5.6 with the subject about three meters away you need to you need to you need to ha- you have to know that you need to focus closer how's the mm-hmm. shift back focuses or front focuses whichever one it's doing and so it's a right pain in the ass because i was having to i was literally having to take a photo i mean i know i'm roughly having to pace out the distance and then kind of go okay roughly i need to focus this about a meter back towards me or half a meter back towards me to get um, an in-focus photo. Um, oh, hang on. Bear me two seconds. My mother and father-in-law have just turned up at the door of my child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Am I right to just carry on this
1: Yeah, point? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
0: yeah go, go ahead. Go on. We're, we're, we're just listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go upstairs.
3: it's my my wife will be back in a little while. They usually come round about this time to uh, to drop her back on a Monday so yeah sorry um so yeah you shot this completely impractical lens for this for this purpose but the results as i say you know the guy was actually blown away by them and as i say i'm not this isn't talking about this from the perspective of the quality of my photography it was the quality of the results because of the choice of equipment i used was exactly right for this this bright blue motorbike in this kind of grungy garage just they're just lovely just it's such a and to say you just don't get that with with modern, you know, fifty-seven-element lenses,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I've got to say now that's a a, a good place to end. Um, I was going to say end the podcast, but I know that Johnny wants to do, wants to do at least a shout out, so uh, we'll do that shortly. But uh, um, but yeah, I, it's been it's been fascinating having you on um, and listening listening to you, Hamish. It's um, yeah. It, it,
1: listen to me just, rant
0: yeah yeah well <laughs> r- rants are good we haven't had many rants and uh, we i think we need we need more um so uh, i don't know perhaps we need the angry photographer on here as well possibly yeah, one day. so um so yes yeah, so i'm just gonna i'm gonna move move things on swiftly uh, <laughs> just for uh, for for johnny's uh johnny's shout out section because uh, i haven't thought of anybody i don't know if carl has at this moment so we'll we'll no. do it we'll do a trial run with, with with johnny and then then next week we'll start to uh introduce uh, introduce that uh, properly so uh johnny do you want to uh, give us those shout outs
2: yeah sure and I, I was actually going to kind of do it um when, when we do the wrap up like where can you find me i could do other but i'll do i could do it right now um so I, Quick shout outs, uh, we talked actually some I've already mentioned, but um, a Ukrainian senta- sensation on Instagram with the hashtag poor man's x um, He He's the guy who got me turned on to the Minolta x slash Freedom Vista slash Peas slash all the other uh, names it goes by, which is it turns out he he saw from Hamish. So big circle there. Um, another another guy uh, whose work I really like on Instagram, who's shooting the X-Pan is uh, Ken Kang Lee. Um, There's also uh, Tony Manrahan, who goes by Panorama.Drama on Instagram, who shoots the uh, Fujifilm TX1, which is, of course, the X-Pan directly under Fuji's name. Um, And then my my buddy Adrian Moens, who is in uh, New York, who I ran into him at the shop today or I'm sorry, the other day. Here in Chicago, Um, he's a guy who's shooting a project right now where he's shooting one roll of film per day for a month, and he's doing some really great work. So uh, Adrian uh, will put his uh, information in the links. And then I want to do a shout out also to Mark Booth, who's a good friend of mine, who is a good friend of Adrian's also as well, who um, gifted me a Yashika T4 that i have still yet to use but i swear i'm going to use it and i was just kind of noting the similarities in size between the um the t4 and my uh minolta uh freedom vista they're very similar in size so now i'm thinking well i really got to shoot the damn thing so um i'm going to get on that and i'm looking forward to using it so anyway there's my shout outs we'll we'll include all of those folks and their um there are links in the uh, podcast notes when the podcast is released. Awesome. So we'll Can run.
3: I add Julian Love that I mentioned earlier onto that list? Just because I think everybody should just go and look at his yeah. his port. So it's Julian Love photo is on Instagram, um, and if he, there's a, he's doing some sort of sports series at the moment by the by the looks of it. But if you scroll down, oh, and not that the sports ones aren't good, but if you scroll down to the, um, you'll see the the sort of Europeans, um, the series. Uh, they're just they're just incredible. They're really, really good portraits.
0: No, yep, absolutely. And I've actually thought of somebody I've already mentioned them twice and uh and that's the Sunday sixteen podcast. Um so uh Rachel, Aid and Graham. Um I think that's a a, a great podcast for people to listen to as well, and uh, Hamish has been on there. Uh, we were talking earlier, I think five five occasions he's he's been on there, three times as a guest, and uh, and it's, I think that's right. Yeah, and it's 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 well worth um, <laughs> getting uh, getting a hold of Hamish's first. Uh, appearance, which is somewhere in the fifties, um, which is their only explicit lyrics episode where, where Hamish really goes for it. Have you <laughs> um, noticed
3: how controlled I've been today? You've been very oh, good. There was a couple of times where I went flipping. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so that's, that's made my, my editing very easy today. I've actually, I think the whole lot's actually done in one take, so that's that's a that's a first for us. But so I think I think we'll even leave your mother-in-law in in, in this episode as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but but yeah. Um, yeah, Sunday Sixteen podcast. It's a, it's a great listen. I've been um, listening to it for six months and uh, constantly trying to get myself up to date so I can actually start to be current when I make some comments on there eventually. So uh, so do do listen to that. Uh, it is
3: it is really good. I mean, it it got it's the podcast that got me into podcasts. Actually, funny enough, it, it's really good. Wow. They're just they're just the nice thing about it is they're just a normal bunch of people. So. They've all got their views and they've all got their opinions and um, uh, their various sense of humours. Graham, especially, um, but they—they're just a normal bunch of people, and and it's it, it's a it's a pleasure to listen to it in the same way that it is a pleasure to listen to this podcast because you just they're just normal people. You, there's no nonsense. There's no kind of like. Um, yeah, pretension or i don't know i don't even know i don't even know what they're just normal people and it's 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 it's, it's worth listening to just because it's funny as much as anything else <laughs> yeah no,
0: absolutely um well seeing the three of us now have actually given a shout outs, is there anybody you might want to mention cole no, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, not going to share that about anybody. Um, okay. Um, well, let's let's bring it to an end. So, um, so Johnny, uh, how can people follow you on uh, various um, social media outlets? <laughs> uh, this best way to find me is uh, on Instagram. I try to post
2: there pretty much every day. It's uh, at System Photography. Um, you can find me also at the uh, it's a camera sales counter pretty
1: much every day at Central Camera Company in Chicago. And Carl? Okay, on Facebook, on the Photography with Classic Lenses page, on Instagram, Carl Havens, all lowercase with an underscore between, and then my Flickr is Carl Havens with a capital K and capital H. And Hamish, uh, you're, you're
0: out there in a, in a, in a few areas. Do, do you want to go, go through how people can see what you do?
3: Um, yeah, we'll I think 35mmc.com has got links to most of it. I think my, I'm Hamish Gill on Twitter, uh, and on Instagram it's 35mmc blog, and the other one is Hamish, Hamish Gill. Hamish Gill's where I sort of post photos, and 35mmc blog is where I post pictures of cameras. I bet you can't imagine which one of those has got more followers. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, that's it
0: really okay and uh just want to thank thank you again for being a, a, a great <coughs> guest and yes, um pleasure. and uh, just to finish off with myself there i i'm on a few in a few places i'm on instagram as simon forster photographic i'm on flickr as simon forster uh, you can find my ebay shop by doing a seller search for it's Fuzzy. i have a website which is simonforsterphotographic.co.uk um, and please send us an email <laughs> um, um, we, we, we want questions um, uh, it'll be great so uh, and you can email us at uh, email us at Johnny. Uh, classic lenses podcast at gmail.com. That's it and you can find all of us in the Facebook group Photography with classic lenses. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and it would be great if you can come back again. Thank you goodbye.
3: Made my best effort not to do any swear words because I got told off for swearing too much in the first one. <laughs> uh, well, it, it would be great if
0: you if you could manage not to swear. Uh, yeah. No, I would try. I uh, I have children. Oh, what so the f-
2: in Simon? <laughs> really? <it> essentially... <laughs> uh, there you are.
3: <laughs> you know, I've had literally five million page views on my no, 5, yeah, five million page views on my on my blog in the last five years and from over a million people and in all of those over a million people i had one in all that time get in touch with me about swearing in a blog post so i sent him a link to um that uh Stephen fry um bit of video about swearing where he basically says people who sw- t- people who worry about swearing are small-minded and stupid
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he didn't funny enough he didn't get back to me <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, it. We like, this is part of it, isn't it? I think you get to a stage of photography where part of the joy is making your life slightly harder. Yeah. Right. So, right. there's obviously something on wrong with us on a
1: fundamental level.
2: <laughs> yeah, <I think.
1: laughs> it Okay. Good, it was a good podcast. You, you did a really nice, super complicated explanation of LTM 39 lenses. Which I got wrong according to Hamish as well, by mm. the way. You did. You f***ed it up a couple of times. And I was listening to it driving back from me. And I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, well yeah. nobody else picked up on it anyway just 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 you and Hamish so uh, that, that that's that's it
3: apart uh, from all yeah. the other people that rolled their eyes and just switched off the, pod, the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, this <that busy> guy <laughs>